0: Welcome to More Details, Please, with your hosts, Emmanuel and Angela Williams, where we dive deeper into conversations with visionary entrepreneurs to discover what it takes to turn passion into purpose, listen to real-world stories from self-starters and trailblazers, and discover strategies and innovations shaping a greener future. Whether you are a seasoned business person or just starting out, let this be your go to resource for inspiration and actionable tips for success. Join us now as we create a brighter, greener future together.
1: Welcome to More Details Please, broadcasting live in the Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona, where we help entrepreneurs turn their passion into purpose. We're your hosts, Angela.
2: And Emmanuel Williams.
1: And today in studio, we have a fantastic guest. Jen Freet is here, and she is from Barks Parks in Las Vegas, and we're so happy to have her. So I'm going to give a short introduction of Jen to our, our radio audience. But first, Emmanuel wants to share.
2: Well, I just want to say thank you, and we're grateful for your presence Um, And as an entrepreneur, our podcast is really all about entrepreneurs sharing their stories because our stories, we connect with so many different people going through different challenges. And entrepreneurs who turn their passion into purpose is serving a greater good. And so, you know, looking at your story and the things that you're doing in the community and how you are caring for your pets is definitely a much needed something that we need here on this planet. So thank you for your time and thank you for being on our show.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really happy to be here. All right. So because I have physically visited Barks
1: Parks in Las Vegas before, I mean, I I swear it's like a playground for pets. So being Nevada's only indoor Dog Park, um, you definitely feel the goodness when you go in. And I'm sure Gia's going to tell us all about the excitement. But if nothing else, um, you almost feel like you're cheating your pet if you don't bring them to the park to hang (laughs) out with the other dogs. So her company has been in Las Vegas for a long time. And I'm going to tell you, they are super on top of it. They have been voted best of in almost every category for the last five years. So they are the stuff. And I am so happy to have Jen and her company on our podcast for today. So in today's episode, we're gonna get into all about teamwork and really getting involved in the community. And that is the feeling that I have to say I got when I was there in Las Vegas. So focusing on the importance of being a team player in business, Barks Parks embraces teamwork and community spirit. I'm gonna say it like that every time, Jim. Okay. So we love to explore this topic. And now we're gonna get right into it. So, Jim, we're gonna start with tell us about you. We want to know all about you, where you came yeah. from,
3: how'd you get there? Go, Jim. Of course. Yeah. So um I've been in Las Vegas for about 15 years. Um, and I came here to be in the corporate casino marketing world and loved my job. Um just knew it wasn't my end game, knew I wasn't, you know, bettering the community, um, doing my part, so to say. So I started to volunteer at the Henderson Animal Shelter, um, loved that, realized that I wanted to eventually work with animals in some capacity, but I had no idea how. And at the same time, we have rescues of our own, and my husband, Troy, and I were taking ourselves on um, to the outdoor dog parks and frequenting them with our dogs. Um, You know, so you just kind of build a camaraderie with those pet parents, right? The outdoor dog parks are great. There's a lot of pluses and minuses of them, um, especially in the desert. Uh, Sometimes there can be no shade. Clearly the weather doesn't always work in our favor here. Even in the winter, sometimes it's extremely windy etc. And you know, there's pet parents who weren't picking up after their dogs per se. So while there is pluses and minuses, you know, you kind of realize, oh, Fifi's here today, or oh no, I wonder where Snoopy is, you know, just just these little things, you know, you kind of build that with the pet parents. And there was one super hot day where there's no shade, there was no functioning water and our dogs are miserable. And my husband's on his phone, you know, looking at whatever score of whatever game. And I'm just like, and I'm pretty sure that it was a Friday. Cause I had like smuggled in a beer. Um, don't judge me in, in a little coffee cup. And I just kind of realized there has to be a better way. Like, so I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a genius. I was like, Oh my gosh we should make an indoor dog park. I had never heard of it. I had thought it was a completely new concept. Of course, my husband was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Let's look it up. Let's see if there's anything on the internet. Sure enough, there was a few different similar concepts around the country. So I was a little bit deflated and he was like, Stop, go visit these ones around the country, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like, and build your own. And I was like, what? That would take like two, three years. And he said, so go do it, you know, and just basically supported the entire thing from day one. And I was like, we need to have an indoor dog park with alcohol or with, you know, sporting events on the TVs, you know, kind of like a mix between a sports bar. In an outdoor dog park, um, you know, to where we know that everybody's up to date on vaccines, we know that they've passed a behavior assessment. Um, and he was the one who came up with the idea of all the ancillary services. He's like, well, how the heck are you gonna make money when there's a free dog park across the street? So he was like, make sure you do daycare, boarding, grooming, training, self-wash, retail, etc. And I was just wanting to make sure that I did my research. And if we're going to do this, we've got one shot. So how can we make it the best of the best? And we opened our doors in June of 2018, which means we just celebrated our five-year anniversary um, this past June. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is fantastic. So it it was already your
1: love for pets. And then right. how do I make a business out of it? And you being a marketing degree professional, of course, yes. you had to market the idea. So tell me how you made that transition. You're in corporate with a marketing degree. And it's like, yeah, I love dogs, but now I got to make money at it. I got to be able to market. How?
3: how? It How? Was- It was really interesting. Um, To be honest with you, I loved my job. It's what I moved. I'm originally from the Chicago area. I actually moved across the country for this job. I loved my job. I love my team. And I gave them six months notice when I knew that I was going to do this. And that just sounds absolutely crazy uh, when I, when I tell people that, but I knew that I didn't want to burn any bridges, you know, and that's also going to kind of carry over into some of the teamwork stuff we talked about, Um, you know, treat people as you want to be treated. And I wanted to give them plenty of heads up that I was going a completely different direction. A lot of people thought I was crazy. And then there was a lot of people who knew that I could do whatever the heck that I said I was going to do because I am a preparer. I want to make sure that, you know, I did my research. Anything entrepreneurial wise is is a huge risk, right? So I wanted to, you know, remove as much risk as possible to ensure that this is going to be a good direction to go in. So I regret nothing and I'm so glad I did it. And it has taught me, I like I said, I loved my previous job um, in the corporate environment. I absolutely love where I'm at today, though.
2: Well, you know, Jen, it's interesting because when I met, went uh, to visit, I'm going to tell you what I felt. I felt like it was a high-end daycare slash preschool building. And it was clean Um, the, the dogs were like, had like individual names, the trainers knew who was doing what and who to put what group with who we had, we toured the building. We had, um, it was a lot of great environment, friendly attitudes, and it was a whole bunch of different things for dogs. And I'm like, wow, this is just amazing to me because I've never visited anything like that. And it was interesting that I was impressed because I said, huh, this owner really put a lot of love and attention and detail to so many different things to make this business what it is. So it's your reflection of who you are and the love and the joy that you have for dogs. And that's what this whole podcast is about, finding your passion, what you love, Mm -hmm. and turning that passion into a purpose. And so... And just me feeling, and, and, and we went with Stephanie and Joe, and Stephanie is just on it. She just knows so much. She's just so educated when it comes to dogs. She loves dogs. So, and you attracting those type of people who have that passion about dogs, and the buildings that you have, and the business model that you have, I'm just so really impressed.
3: Thank you. Yeah, um, I wish I could say it was just you know all magic and everything just came together, but I think we all know that it was a ton of work um, and a lot of learning along the way. Um, You know, there was apps. First of all, I make mistakes daily. I think we all do. I think that that is a uh, very human uh, characteristic. Uh, Dogs make mistakes as well, and it's just kind of one of those things to where we've all worked at places where we felt valued or didn't feel valued. Right. And so I kind of wanted to take the positives of, of, what I really enjoyed working for other people and how could I translate that into the dog world. And I'm really glad that you even mentioned, you know, you felt like it was clean and everybody knew everybody and, you know, the dogs are individuals. That's not by accident. So like I was mentioning when I visited these, you know, similar concepts around the country, whether it was an indoor dog park or a traditional doggy daycare, you know, they're all set up a certain way. A lot of them are very different than ours. Ours is completely open concept, very transparent, not a lot of walls. So you can see in here and feel like you are part of the group from the second you walk in the door. There are some negatives with that. We are a little bit of a louder facility. Sometimes those dogs like to be very boisterous in their play style. And it's a little hard to hear sometimes, but the transparency feeling and the Part of the overall group really speaks volumes for, you know, what parents know to expect from us. We will, we're not hiding anything, you know, we've got 18 um, surveillance cameras as well. And we have a staff that is able to communicate over, um, you know, the six foot and the five foot and the four foot high gates between each yard versus, you know, other doggy daycare facilities or indoor dog parks, you walk in and you've got this beautiful lobby, but it's all enclosed, right? You may have a window into a yard, but normally that's pretty, that's pretty much it. So I guarantee you their lobby smells way better than ours. I guarantee you their lobby is much quieter than ours, but those staff at those facilities, they kind of feel like they're left on their own, right? So they're in a room with floor to ceiling walls and at best might have like a a walkie-talkie or a radio on them to communicate with their peers. Our facility, we don't have those floor-to-ceiling walls. So if there are dogs that, now, all dogs bark, and there's multiple levels of barking. We don't need to get into that. But there's kind of like, oh, shoot, something's kind of escalating in that area. We can hear that before that, before that um, staff member could even touch a radio, let alone talk on a radio in another facility. So Our level of safety on top of that, but because of that transparency is just um, astronomically high. And those team members of ours, they feel like everybody has their back because they didn't even say, come help me. And there's already some other staff, you know, kind of walking up, checking in. Is everything good in this yard? You know, it just kind of makes you feel dogs feed off our energy, right? Mm -hmm. So the calmer we are, the more safe and and comfortable we are as humans, the dogs feed off of that. So it just speaks volumes that you guys were able to feel that from a simple tour of our facility. I'm really, really happy to hear that.
2: Well, well, let's connect. Great job. Thank you so much. That was Mm -hmm. beautiful. Let's connect some dots. Going back to your childhood. Right. Um, could you point out a time where what you're doing now and a passion that you have for dogs, going back into your childhood, was there a particular situation or circumstance that happened that shifts your thoughts to saying, wow, I have this passion and this love for dogs? Not knowing you were going to be an entrepreneur, but is there a moment that you can go back to and and, and enlighten us on back in your childhood?
3: Definitely. Overall, I had, you know, different types of dogs at home growing up. Um, The majority of those were rescues as well. And I was exposed to all different breeds. And again, a lot of rescues in particular, they have a tendency to come with a little bit more baggage, that I guess you might want to say, unpredictable baggage sometimes. Um, And, you know, it requires a a high level of care from the pet parents and and the family in order to help that, you know, that dog succeed. We've had a few different, you know, dogs growing up. And I think for me, kind of a light bulb moment was when I was exposed to a pit bull for the first time, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. I did not know anything about pitties at the time. So I'd only go by, you know, what I heard or what I read. And I was a little bit hesitant and I could feel, you know, the heart palpitations as a child, um, be nervous around this dog. And that dog ended up being the sweetest dog uh, in the entire world, more loving than any other breed that I had ever met up until that point. And really was kind of a light bulb moment for me as, hold on, how do we, you know, a couple of different factors with that, right? So how do we stop discrimination in in all forms across humans, dogs, all of that? How do we stop that? As well as how do we help those dogs succeed and, and kind of overcome that, you know, if there is underlying discrimination that we can't get rid of, how do we help those dogs succeed? You know, so the dog training to, you know, kind of help those dogs be able to learn the skills to be, you know, quote unquote, well-behaved dogs, um, in the eyes of others is, is a key factor in that, as well as, you know, there's other doggy daycare facilities that, um, discriminate against breeds. They will not even let you on site. If you fall into a specific category and we choose to treat every dog as an individual, no matter what your age, no matter what your size, no matter what your breed, my dogs included, um, everybody has to go through a behavior assessment with their pet parent present the entire time so we can all observe these behaviors and talk about these behaviors you know as well as you know a lot of these dogs that um are are sitting in the shelters um you know oh well you know i can't rescue them because you know maybe they're not social with other dogs right our facility all of our training rooms they also have an exterior door to where if that dog does not pass a behavior assessment, right, let's say they're super uncomfortable at our facility, they're just not thrilled to be there, they can still attend through a backdoor, um, a private training class to help, you know, um, build that confidence through, you know, positive reinforcement and uh, enriching activities um, that a lot of other facilities, they just simply don't allow. Um, and we have learned that if we don't, you know, if we're teaching our children and trying to teach the world to not discriminate against people, why, why would we not be doing the same with dogs? So I wanted to make sure it's kind of interesting to kind of connect the dots now to make sure that, you know, all dogs are treated equal, all people are treated equal. They um, kind of go hand in hand and I can see a lot of similarities um, with humans uh, that that translate well with dogs, right? So if you're a dog lover, you're just a wonderful person. And you kind of have your eyes open a little bit more. And I think that a lot of those things are uh, received well, and we're helping to help educate pet parents and share knowledge on the truth versus judging anybody for for what they look like.
1: Got it. So, Let's talk about those dog lovers uh, just just for a second. Okay. Sure.
3: <laughs> so the team players playbook in business
1: highlights the strategies and behaviors you adopt
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, to contribute to the team's success within the business overall. And one of the things that you mentioned is your team, you have dog lovers. What else makes your
3: team so special? The biggest thing that makes our team so special is that they all genuinely want to be there. If they don't, I encourage them, let me help you find a job that you do enjoy. You know, what are you passionate about in life? If it's not this, don't stay. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help us. It's not going to help those those wonderful dogs, right? So I think the number one thing is that they are genuinely wanting to be there. So there's a whole different feeling when you want to go into work every day, right? It is very hard to have a bad day when you work with dogs. We have been fortunate enough to have a ton of applications and a ton of resumes because a lot of people want to work with dogs. Now, You still have to weed through all that to find those amazing candidates, right? And all of them have very different personalities, but they all have a very positive attitude, the ones that get hired, and a general sense of fun. They are inspiring and uplifting to their teammates, you know, kind of encouraging them no matter where they are in their journey with Barks Barks, which just creates a more enjoyable workplace and the dogs benefit from that too. All of our team, they are extremely adaptable. There is a lot that is unpredictable when you work with animals. The level of patience and compassion that they have for the dogs also translates to each other and helps them work together um, to problem solve, you know, when the challenges arrive, you know, kind of work together to, to get to a common goal. They also have a lot of attention to detail and ability to multitask, right? So there's a lot of, there's never a dull moment here. So whether there is, you know, a pet parent coming in to pick up or drop off their dog, you know, there's four dogs going potty at the same time in the yard. There's two dogs beating for this first time and aren't super thrilled with each other and showing some, you know, behavior that we can step in and help, um, you know, de-escalate and and channel in a different direction, Um, you know, to coming to meals and medications and special instructions, you know, we get the pet parents that will send in, you know, printed pages of of how to take care of their dog during boarding. And we welcome that, you know, send us those bullet points. We want to do the best of the best. They have a lot of, you know, respect and empathy for each other, you know again, something that you can kind of translate from the dog world to the human world. When a dog is having an upset tummy day, you know, and, and, oh my gosh, that's not that dog's fault. They're trying to be a good dog still, you know, and, and to just kind of have that mutual respect and empathy for everybody, you know, is just trying to do their best and, and trying to learn and, and help each other get better. And speaking of their best, I think one of the biggest things that separates our team from other teams is that we never settle for not getting better than what we were the day before. Mm -hmm. It is always a learning experience, and you can learn something new from each other or um, from the dogs or from the pet parents every single day on how to do better, right? So you were kind enough at the beginning of this to mention some of those awards that we have been fortunate enough to to win and you know get some recognition for. Um, and I challenge our team daily uh, to, you guys, this is wonderful. We are so proud of this accomplishment. It, but if we were voted best of, you know, X, y, and Z in 2022, What do you think we could do to be better than ourselves next year? Then, you know, how can we still improve? What are some efficiencies? What are some, you know, practices that we can put into place? And I encourage our new team members when they are hired, you are a fresh set of eyes. Help us improve, you know, just because we've been doing something the same way for five years does not mean that we need to continue doing it that way if there's a better way Or, you know, a more compassionate way or a quicker way. You know, there's a whole bunch of different situations that you can look at. Our team is incredibly special, but they are... Fueled daily to continue in that direction. So it is not a happy accident that just happens on day one. Um, You can walk around and you can feel the whole vibe of our team. Um, And so even if you're having a rough day, right, those days where, oh my gosh, these dogs are barking and I have a headache, and oh my gosh, you know, you have a surrounding family. Um, that you just happen to work with who can help build you up and, you know, um, accommodate you even on those those tough days. So hopefully that helped answer that question. I realized I- That did, that did. Because, I mean, that's- <laughs> Our team is incredible. So I can clearly talk about them all day long. And that's what this segment
1: is all about. Use that teamwork playbook. So, email I'm sorry, you had a question.
2: No, I do have a question. I noticed that you deal with a lot of rescue dogs. Yeah. What is it about you that attract you to those type of dogs?
3: I've always rooted for the underdog, Um, whether it comes to humans or animals. um, I have I'm an empath um, in terms of my personality. I have a lot of compassion for. The struggles that we all go through, you know, um, we we kind of joke about it um, sometimes on our team that a lot of us who work with animals, you know, struggle with everyday things that a lot of humans do that there really isn't shed, you know, any light shed on, you know, anxiety is number one. We all struggle with some level of anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. I love rescue dogs. I love reputable bred dogs. I don't discriminate against either, but my heart definitely goes out for the rescues because they have already been given up at least one time. They've already been unwanted at least one time. And it takes... So little to win a dog over to where they love you unconditionally for life and will wait by that door every second of the day until you get home. And the second you get home, they just absolutely love you. So (laughs) it is kind of just ingrained in me to help foster those relationships because our shelter's Last week, I'm not sure if it's still true this week, but last week, the Henderson Animal Shelter, where I volunteered for two years while getting the business off the ground, um, they posted that they were full. They were absolutely full. They had no more spots to take in dogs. And I couldn't imagine personally giving my dog away. So to be able to create a space where no matter what you come with, right, you might not be the most social dog. You might have to build some of that confidence and training before coming to our facility. You might have to have a better relationship with your pet parent prior to coming to our facility. But once you kind of look at those dogs, especially the rescues, and help them succeed, that's all you need to be feeling, you know, rewarded and proud of what you're contributing back to the community that those dogs can never physically say thank you, but they can show you thank you all day long.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what's exciting is a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our show, they are trying to make that transition from employee to business owner. Tell us about your journey and a few of the adjustments that you had to make because now you're your own boss.
3: This is an ongoing journey. So (laughs) it's definitely been a learning curve for sure. Um, I, no matter what my role is um, in my career at any point in time, I've always been a self-starter. I've always been an early bird for sure. Um, I am very much more productive in the mornings than I am in the afternoons or the evenings. So that luckily has translated pretty easily into working with dogs because dogs are quieter in the mornings. (laughs) They kind of just like are waking up from boarding and it's a little bit quiet. I can get a lot of work done. So the schedule has has pretty much been um, an easy transition. But I would say that there's definitely, you know, kind of three phases of, you know, being my own boss in this. Pre-opening and then once we were opened, you know, then immediately trying to figure out everything all at once. And then we actually doubled our size in May of 2022 and went from a 6,000-square-foot facility to a 12,000-square-foot facility. And that's kind of what I'm living in now. Um, So for the pre-opening phase, before we, you know, got off the ground that was very interesting to maneuver. So like I mentioned, I gave six months notice to my other job. Um, I was basically working a 40 hour a week work week for my career um, in corporate marketing. and then I was working additionally, another 40-ish hours a week on trying to figure out if I could do this, you know, build my business plan, come up with financials, do a site layout, there's not a lot of these around the country, so there wasn't exactly, you know, any any necessarily easily accessible resources for, for me to go to, to get help. So, well, like I said before, I knew I only had one shot. So, I was okay with failure, but I wanted to give it everything I had to see if this was something that could work. So, the pre-opening phase was definitely... A lot to adjust to because I was working on this career and then I had to completely change my mindset and work on this career. And then once we were opened, um, everybody tries to prepare you for the absolute chaos of running a business in year one. There are no words to describe it. There were days that I was on site for 22 hours a day. I would take naps in my office, which shows you how not busy we were as a dog business to be able to sleep on site. It's not that I didn't trust my staff. Our staff has always been wonderful from day one, but there are there the level of questions that nobody had had yet. And nobody had the answer to yet. I physically had be there in order to answer those and kind of help navigate us through that and figure it out as we go. I wore many hats in year one. I was in the yard watching dogs for hours and hours, hoping that somebody would call and schedule their dog to come in and play with us. Obviously dealing with all of the HR stuff, dealing with all of the new hire stuff, training new staff and, and trying to, you know, help educate pet parents on why to choose us, come check out our facility. You know, I still remember she's now my best friend, but the first dog, you know, we talk about marketing. I set up a social media page about six months before opening the business. And I still remember the very first dog, it was a golden retriever named Hamilton, who, posted a picture and tagged us. And he was sitting in front of our windows below the, you know, coming soon, Barks Parks opening, you know, summer of 2018. And I was floored. I was so flattered that there was a dog who was excited about us opening. So fast forward to then we opened and I met that wonderful pet parent and that wonderful dog. And she was a teacher. And I basically said, what the heck do I do to get people to try out our facility? You know, there's all these wonderful dog facilities. How do I try to get them to check us out? And she's like, oh, well, I can send Hamilton for free on any days that you don't have dogs. And he can get along with anybody, large, small, whatever, you know, do you want to have him? So Hamilton and I would sit in the yard by ourselves for hours waiting for clients to reach out and schedule their dogs. And this, this memory... Is, is just a core memory of mine. And and those multiple hats that you had to wear, you know, oh my gosh, I'm getting no sleep, but oh my gosh, I've got to be the coolest boss in the world and the most excited about this facility. And, and you know, not visit beat because those dogs, you know, you want to be watching their communication to each other and their behavior all day long. Um, it, it, was, it was wild. So luckily I was able to hire more staff um, to kind of, not wear so many hats every single day and breathe a little bit. And then COVID happened. Um, Obviously COVID uh, affected every business differently. Ours was initially negative because everybody canceled all of their boarding. Nobody's traveling. Everybody Everybody canceled all of their daycare because they either weren't working anymore or were working from home. Everybody canceled their indoor dog park memberships because they can't come to our facility. We were not an essential business at the time. And nobody could do training because again, that was in person. So, you know, you launch online training and, and zoom training and it didn't really take off. So literally all of our sources of revenue um, were not coming in. So that's actually when we launched grooming, we were not going to be a grooming facility from the beginning for various reasons. Um, but we basically, you know, within a two week period decided, Hey, this is going to be what keeps us afloat um, and gets us through COVID and, Here we are, we made it through COVID thanks to grooming. Grooming was an essential business and the dogs needed grooming, whether there was a pandemic or not. So that got us through COVID. And then after COVID, it actually, gosh, I hate to say that COVID helped our business, but hear me out. So in relationship to the dog side of the world, during COVID, a lot of people got a dog or they got a second dog, or they got more attached to their current dog because they were at home with them or their value of time and an important relationship changed. right? So once COVID was kind of in the clear, we exploded. We had waiting lists of... 30, 40 dogs a day trying to come to our facility. And I was like, Oh my gosh, be careful what you wish for. Right. So we exploded. Um, And I think that the third phase, which is what I'm kind of um, in now of the ongoing journey of, you know, kind of transitioning from working for somebody else and and being my own boss. Um, We now have 47 employees. We have a 12,000 square foot facility and, There are days where I'm like, How do I keep everything straight? But because of the core culture that we fostered from the beginning, that is carried through. So I encourage our staff to always own it. If you make a mistake, own it, right? Um, I do the same thing as a boss. Um, That was definitely a learning curve. I now, you know, you kind of realize. As an employee, I could retain so much more information that was just said to me. Um, That's not really a thing as a boss. I need it to be in writing. (laughs) Um, If it's something important that includes a day or a time, can you please email that to me so that I actually can, you know, remember that it's, it's not an intentional thing, but my brain is pretty full and Prior to, it's full of wonderful things, but it's pretty full. And, you know, to kind of just acknowledge that and be transparent with people, you show a vulnerable side as a boss that I have never seen from my previous bosses, that I am able to show to my staff. And it just puts you all on the same level some days. So there are days when they pick me up and they are just like, you are amazing today. Don't worry about the simple mistake you made on X, Y, and Z. And it translates well for when they make a mistake. You know, I hire people specifically who have transferable skills that are not, that could apply to any job, right? Do they care about things, you know, are they going to be upset if you know they're not crushing it every day and you know they make a mistake because that makes my job as a boss so much easier. Sweet, you messed up. Welcome to being a human. Do you care? Are you wanting to fixing fix that for the future? Do you apologize? You know, those are all things that I'm able to now that we have 47 staff, that was an adjustment in itself, but now that we have 47 staff who we've got a tiered structure management team with the general manager, assistant manager, shift leads, et cetera, to kind of take that day-to-day hat wearing off of me Mm -hmm. so I can focus on the big picture a little bit more and kind of hone in on that company culture that I think a lot of businesses, as they get bigger and as the boss, you know, is able to step away a little bit more, I don't think that they do that. I don't think that that's that's still their focus. And that's what I'm trying to do different.
1: Wow, that was great.
2: Well, well I have a question. Um, sure. What is the what do you th- what is the purpose of a dog?
3: Oh my goodness! <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that could go a few different directions, but I think it all boils down to the purpose of a dog is love. So, however you want to you know kind of pick that apart, uh, they provide love, they receive love. They change your day-to-day on so many levels if you have a close relationship with your dog. They are similar to what a human child provides for a mother or a father. Um, A lot of the pet parents that come to our facility, they don't have human children. This is their baby. So I do think that the dog's purpose is is love in a lot of different senses of the word, uh, word. They teach us love. They teach us how to love. They teach us how to love others, love ourselves. You know, dogs are not worried about, you know, this little patch of fur that's missing, um, you know, on the bottom of their paw because they're, you know, playing too hard and it rubbed off, you know, they don't, they don't care about that stuff. They don't care what the dog next to them looks like. You know, they're just there to have a good time and provide love, share love, teach love, receive love. That, to me, is what I think a dog's purpose is.
2: And, and I'm glad you, you, we're talking about this part of it because, you know, when you talked about COVID and how people start to get more dogs or they became more attached <laughs> to the dogs that they had. And, you know, one I heard a guy say, Lord, teach me to be the person that my dog think I am. Yes. Because the dogs don't even judge you, right? And, no, and, you. and the reason why I wanted to talk about this part is because I want to exemplify the work that you're doing and the good that you are um, sharing in this world. Because when you look at the world we live in, and you look at mental health, you look at suicide rates, you look at yeah. the fear, all of these different things that we're dealing with as a society. When you are able to get that nurturing, where I mean, even going back in your childhood where you was wounded, you know, walking around carrying the pain and suffering of so many different things that humans is carrying with them, but don't even realize it, that dog plays a noble role in that feeling security. That dog plays a noble role. And that person becoming or feeling whole. That is joy that the world needs. And I can feel your joy. I can feel your enthusiasm. And as you nurture and care for these dogs, and as these dogs go into the world and and provide nurturing for humans, that's making the world a better place, right? And it's really exciting to be able to witness somebody like you and the joy that you give off just in your, in your aura and the joy that you give in helping dogs and being a part of this community, that's really, really important.
3: Thank you, I, uh, I love hearing that. Um, I am a firm believer that the vibe of any company, no matter what the industry, big or small, that the vibe of any company starts from and trickles down from the very top. If I am not loving life, loving those dogs, loving this job, loving those pet parents, loving those teammates that I hired, they're not going to do that, right? So you can't expect the vibe to change and just be this amazing, you know, ball of energy if the top boss is coming in, you know, not wanting to be there and, you know, come on, come on, let's go, you know, just, you know, rush, rush, rush. And, you know, you have to, you know, dogs repeat what we teach. Humans repeat what we teach. Am I perfect? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. Not even close to the sense of the word, but do I genuinely love Barks Parks and every single person and dog that comes inside? Yes, I do. And that translates and the expectation is kept high to our staff that that will continue translating, you know, that that energy that I bring in, that they will feed off of that and they will share with those pet parents and they will share with those dogs, you know, it starts from the top, but it trickles down beyond that. And I started to realize that, you know, especially like, you know, you're, you're talking about today's world and, and, you know, the work environment that the mental health issues, um, especially in today's world with a lot of these struggles that traditional businesses have with keeping staff and, you know, having high turnover. Um, right now people can get a job anywhere. Everybody's hiring and constantly hiring. So many businesses are, are struggling to keep the staff that they, that they already do have. So I love the, the topic of this podcast is, is focused on the team. You know, I learned very early on that I am like 1% of what keeps Sparks Parks where it's at today. The team feeding off of and learning from and carrying that movement and that contagious ball of energy is what holds that bar still so high. It's my job to recognize and reward them for when they are absolutely crushing it there's some not fun days where it's my job to point out where they can improve. And I promise you, because of the relationships that we've fostered with, you know, each other, my goal is nobody should have a bad day at Barksparks. Nobody, me, you, dogs, pet parents, nobody. So if we've got something to hash out, you know, Hey, you've been messing up on X, Y, and Z again, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it at the beginning of the day so that we can both apologize, both move on, both come up with a game plan and still have an incredible day after that. You know, there's no reason why you have to have this, you know, closed door policy, Um, you know, now don't get me wrong, pretty much every business says that they have an open door policy. Um, And what's ironic is my door is actually closed a lot because I can't concentrate (laughs) with the dogs barking. But that translates into, I cannot function without an open door policy. I need to know what's going on. If you guys are not loving life, if I implemented something that is a horrible policy, let me know. Let's revisit. Let's look back at it together. You know, um, the more you include your team in all of those decisions, the happier they're going to be, the more fulfilled they're going to be. People are not quitting jobs necessarily. If they love their job, they're not necessarily quitting their jobs as quickly. Right. They're they're They have a you know tendency to stay on longer. Right. Or even like naturally, people are going to move on and get these wonderful, you know, high paying careers that aren't necessarily going to be in, in, the, in the ability of Barks Park's to offer them, whenever that happens, I highly encourage and congratulate those people. And I'll tell you what, because of the culture that we have, a lot of those people, when they move on, <laughs> first of all, they give a proper two weeks notice because they love their team. They love me. They wanna make sure they don't you know, screw anybody over, that type of thing. But whenever they give a proper two week notice, I allow them, if they want, to stay on the scheduling app, to pick up shifts in the future randomly, right? Whenever they want to. I would say eight or nine out of 10 people who have quit Barks Parks in the last three years, took me about two years to kind of figure out, navigate this. I would say about eight or nine out of 10 within the last three years have stayed on the schedule by choice and picked up shifts or offered to help when so and so was out on vacation. Heck, heck, when me and my husband are on a vacation, we take the same two weeks every year. And the droves, previous employees that step up during that time to be like, oh my gosh, enjoy your vacation. I'll help out with any call outs, I'll help out with anything management needs. It's just like, ow. It just comes back full circle. And really, you know, they have taught me um, how to be a better person as well. And, you know, it's just with the world we live in today, like you were mentioning, it's just now more important than ever to support each other in whatever facets, um, we can. You hit on something. Um, you
1: talked about, um, the different ways that that team player attitude shows up. It definitely shows up in the relationship that you have with existing and past employees, because, always there and available what other ways has it shown up for you in your personal life perhaps
3: what other ways has
1: can you repeat that yeah that team player attitude has shown up for
3: you well definitely in my marriage and in my personal relationships um that team player attitude goes a long way um you know when you are even just driving down the street and you have, you know, so-and-so person cut you off or, you know, have, have a road rage, um, incident, you know, how you handle those things and how you look at it and what is solvable and what is, you know, going to be just fine if you don't react to it a certain way, you know, that type of stuff translates into everything you do all day long. Um, my husband, um, we are actually celebrating our 11th wedding anniversary this month. Um, He is the true definition of a team player and has taught me so much of what works, right? And what works in, you know, personal relationships should be able to work in a employee to employer relationship and you know it's all about that mutual respect that open communication that compassion when you do mess up but owning when you mess up as well and and genuinely trying to fix it you know when we're hiring for new people i don't necessarily look for who has the most experience dealing with dogs in my opinion, a lot of that is transferable. If you're a dog lover, I can teach you how to look out for those, you know, uh, communication, dog to dog communication, you know, that that behavior, how to properly handle a dog and safely move them from yard to yard. But I cannot teach you how to be a good human being. And the more you surround yourself, I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with 47 incredible Team players on a daily basis but the more you surround yourself with those types of people that's what you're going to attract so our clients fall into that category as well because they walk through that door just like you guys did and they feel this instant wow I'm a part of something really cool here I've got a million questions <laughs> but but I'm part of something really cool and I feel good coming here you know those dogs roll up to our facility like we are doggy Disneyland. They are just ready to have their best life ever. Can't nobody hold them down. They're going to go potty wherever they want to, you know, and zoomy out all of that energy. And I mean, all of those relationships can transfer into, you know, your own personal life and who you deal with on a daily basis. You know, like I was kind of even mentioning, you know, how so many traditional businesses are struggling, you know, with staff retention right now, you know, okay, so let's talk about your, you know, local, uh, restaurant that you go to for dinner, you know, and if that food comes out late or if it comes out cold or, you know, if your waitress, um, or, you know, server messes up your order, um, how are you going to handle that? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and what type of person are you going to be? Am I going to say that you shouldn't mention anything that's wrong? No. But how you handle those situations, and if you do choose to mention something, are you looking at the bigger picture as well? Are you being a kind, compassionate human being, you know? Um, so by hiring and drawing in those types of wonderful people, it helps me Want to be a better person whenever I'm in, you know, the, the real world. You know, outside of parks, parks, and you know, at a restaurant, not having the best service in the world, and you know, potentially, you know, not agreeing on every single thing with my husband. You know, just kind of how you approach that stuff. Um, it's it's all about your attitude.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I I think sometimes my husband and I we live together, we work together, we do almost everything together. So it how you behave in work definitely translates to your personal life. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we forget that. I mean, not just when you're working with your family, but just period. We we forget that when you give great customer service, that's one thing. And you expect great customer service. So when you go to that restaurant, for example, and something is not right, it is your attitude and how you handle it. Makes all the difference in the world. So we recently did a podcast with, of course, Stephanie and Joe called Barking Dogs, Big Lessons, Applying Canine Psychology to Business Success. So can you share with our listening audience audience, business lessons from your experience working with dogs?
3: Yes, I would say the number one thing is that dogs will repeat what we teach, right? So um, that translates to any business. Um, If you are... Not putting in the time, not putting in the effort to, you know, create a culture or to come up with a wonderful onboarding um, portion of your facility that has incredible staff training. Those dogs or those humans are going to be running around like all chaos, right? Definitely has taught me that you know what you put into people is what you get out, and you can't expect them to know right from wrong, right? So dogs don't know right from wrong; they know how they get acknowledged and rewarded for those behaviors. Okay, I want to do that again because I want that food that I got, that treat that I got when I did X, Y, and Z, right? Or that that petting that I got when Mm -hmm. I did such behavior. Humans are the same way. So that is why I like to focus on what I can teach and actually teach it, right? So don't come in and, you know, set all these super high expectations and then... Not practice and not put in the effort, you know. Um, making sure that those things are are continuing to happening. So the whole dog training philosophy of you know practicing and always improving on your skills, you know, is definitely relatable to, you know, the business world. Uh, another lesson that I learned is kind of one I've already touched on that dogs feed off of our energy and the same is true for people, right? So if I walk into a dog daycare yard that has 12 dogs and all of those dogs are sleeping and they're calm and, you know, they're chill and I come in and, Aah! you know, super, super crazy and all this voice <laughs> sending, all those dogs are on the feed and alert and, oh my gosh, probably anxious and, you know, wondering what the heck is going on. And, and that's translatable to your staff as well. So how clients, too it's not just necessarily staff how do you handle those tough situations do you come in like this crazy fired up upset when things are in danger or when there's anything that's potential you know to be an issue how do you handle that you know you want to exert the energy that you want brought back to you so if there is um something you know That a a dog is gonna feed off our energy, and so so are the humans. So you can easily walk into a yard full of dogs. Now, the opposite side of that, you can walk into a dog full of yards. Well, a yard full of dogs, my apologies. And all those dogs are, you know, bouncing off the walls, running around, and you know, they just have crazy zoomies. And if you walk in and you are just calm and composed and you slowly walk through that yard and you talk to those dogs as you go, they will slowly start to calm down. And you did nothing other than bring in that specific energy that you want matched by them. And people are the same way. Um, Business um, is the same way. Dogs feed off our energy and the same um, is true for people. And when it comes to why does dog training work? You know, the same can be applied for, for humans. They're going to, they're going to repeat what you teach. So if you don't put in the effort from day one and, you know, spend some time and, and, and train with, you know, how you want them to do things and explain the why, Um, you know, a lot of people, well, I'm only, you know, putting, you know, dog a in 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 yard number one, because that's what I was told to do. Well, Maybe we should, you know, explain a step further that dog A goes in yard one because yard one is the high energy active dogs and dog A is coming in hot every time they come in. You know, sometimes when you take the extra second to put in that little effort and reinforce a particular reason of why we do something and why it should be um, the direction we go, you solve a problem in the future. That you didn't even know was coming because you took that extra effort um, from the beginning. And dogs are the same way. You know, if you teach a dog, how do you teach a dog, you know, to sit? Well, when, catch the dog doing the behavior. And when they do the behavior, reward it. Practice, 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 right? Dogs don't necessarily learn anything overnight. And I don't think that it should be expected that humans do either. Um, I think that that is where a lot of that uh, compassion comes in and encouragement and recognition when they do it correctly. Yeah, fantastic. I, Amaya, I, I know you want to jump in. I,
2: I do have a question for you. Um,
1: I can feel him over here like, wait, 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 I got a question.
2: What is energy? What, what is the characteristic that a dog has that you admire that you want to exemplify more in your life?
3: Oh, man, we have a couple of dogs that are accepting of everybody. It doesn't, so they are dogs that we use for behavior assessments because they will accept a large dog, a small dog, um, whatever breed. They are just chill and go with the flow. They are there to live their best life and they forgive. So sometimes in those behavior assessments, sometimes those higher energy dogs, or even the scared ones who bring no energy other than hiding in the corner, you know, sometimes those dogs react and it's not necessarily a positive reaction. Um, Not, you know, talking about a fight or anything like that, but let's say, you know, a super scared dog is hiding in the corner and showing its teeth, you know, that's not necessarily a desired behavior, but this other dog, how do they react to that? You know, are you entering that energy zone bringing compassion and patience and love. I I have learned from a couple of dogs in particular that you can get along with pretty much everybody as long as you have a mutual respect and open communication and understanding that people need their own space. Um, Not everybody is going to match what you're bringing in. I still fully believe that you should be intentional about the level of energy that you you bring in, but not everybody's going to match that, right? Dogs have a ton of different personalities. There's shy dogs, there's outgoing dogs. Um, I would definitely like to be on the same wavelength as the dogs of ours that just get along with everybody and make the best of whatever situation, right? So the dogs who, you know, let's say that they were in a behavior assessment and the new dog that they met, was a little bit rude in their greeting and just like really in their face, kind of sniffing them a little bit too close for a little bit too long. How do you handle that? You know, are you gonna walk away and kind of kind of be cool, um, walk it off? You're gonna come back and uh, you know bark right back in that dog's face? Um, so that is the type of dog that I strive to be um, and have learned from in terms of just accepting everybody for who they are, getting along to the best of my ability and, you know, just being adaptable, yeah. trying to be go with the flow with whatever situation. Cause you sure as heck cannot predict how every dog is going to act. And especially if it's a new dog and how do you react to that, those situations?
2: Dogs what I, will be dogs. Cause what I hear yeah. is um, you being in a present moment, your ability yeah. to be present. Your oh my ability, God.
3: I love that. Your, yes.
2: Your ability to be aware that you're aware of what you're feeling. Your ability to be aware that you're not going to react based on how you feel, but you're going to respond because you created that space to be aware enough to make the right decision. So that's kind of what I heard with that. Yeah,
3: Love that.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) this is back to that excitement. Barks Parks is the 2023 Top Workplaces Winner congratulations. So this award is based entirely on employee feedback. So can you share with our listening audience how you created that people first culture? And you actually talked about it a bit earlier. Anything in addition you'd like to share?
3: Yeah, yeah, no of course. First of all, thank you so much. We're actually incredibly proud of this particular award. Um it's the Top Workplaces of Nevada Award. So we actually placed in 2022 We placed um, 29th in all of the state of Nevada in terms of small businesses, which are up to 150 employees. And in 2023, they announced it in two weeks, what level we're at, but they did already tell us back in April that we won again. So we're super stoked. Um, This award is uh, completely different than any award that we, uh, any other award that we win, because this one is all based on... 100% feedback from our staff, unbiased feedback, good feedback, bad feedback. It is raw (laughs) and honest. And it just is so cool that they feel like they can share. Oh, it's anonymous. So fully can share um, anything they want to share, good, bad, ugly, or otherwise. And the fact that they feel like our workplace is a safe and truly inclusive workplace, Um, you know, I think is just something that you don't necessarily feel across the board wherever you go. Um, Mm -hmm. I mentioned that, you know, we thrive off of transparency, open and, and honest communication, strong focus on recognition and appreciation, and that is something that I'm really striving for with the more staff that we have is to make sure that, you know, if they're taking away projects from me um, that I don't, that I'm not tied up with on the day-to-day, how can I, um, you know, acknowledge that still and show regular appreciation for their hard work, um, as well as provide them with a proper work-life balance. Um, That is something that A lot of places just don't acknowledge, let alone strive to have, um, you're only going to be as happy at our facility, working as our facility as you are in your own personal life. So if we don't have a a allotment for you to fully enjoy your life outside of our workplace, you're not going to enjoy working at our workplace, right? So we have to balance the two. Um... And you know the people first culture. I again kind of attribute to know it starts with me, but I watch that trickle down and hold high those expectations of hey, we are not a bullying facility. We don't tolerate you know discrimination. We welcome everybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things like that that. You just don't have at other um, businesses, small or large. Or if you do, it just it doesn't really feel like a family. And I know that that there's a lot of places that say, you know, oh my gosh, it's like working like with a family. This is by far the first place that I've ever felt that at, and it's also the first place that the staff has continually come back to me and said, Oh my gosh, you know, this is just, just this sets the, the, the bar high for um, any other future job that they ever have. Um, And they're so thankful for the environment. Um, You know, I, I love fostering those relationships and, you know, being a part of their career at Barks Parks, but also being part of those life lessons, right? So how do you deal with, you know, interpersonal conflict and, um, you know, um, trying to problem solve when there is a bigger issue, you know, that's stuff that people can take outside of Barks Parks. And I think that they're, I think it speaks volumes that they know that they are the reason we're very upfront with them. You guys are going to decide if we, you know, win this award or not. The fact that they know that they're going to have a contributing factor. And we don't, you know, if you guys do this, you know, we'll throw a pizza party. You know, we don't do anything like that. Like this is strictly um, on them. But the fact that they know that they are fully in control of us winning this award or not. And we've never had an issue. They require, I want to say, like 75% participation in order to qualify. We've never had an issue with even being close to that. You have so many opportunities to share how you feel in life. And a lot of us don't take those opportunities when they're there. And even though I said that this is a completely anonymous survey that they fill out, we have no idea who's saying what. There's always some good information that we can read, even though we don't know who it came from, about how to improve again for the future, right? So kind of like I was saying back at the beginning, you know, we have been fortunate enough to win a lot of great awards. And this is this is by far the one that I personally am most proud of. But there's always something that I can still learn from it. And like, huh, it's actually a really good point. I should be more present on so-and-so day, even though I'm not technically, you know, just whatever whatever the feedback is, it's always interesting to learn from. And it speaks volumes, I think, that they know that they determine where we rank on this award and they rush to provide their feedback way before the deadline and in droves. We've never been even close to only having 75% participation. Wow,
1: that is fantastic. And I think that sums up why being a team player is so important in your workplace and definitely in others. I know you do some consulting as well. Do you want to speak on the consulting real quick? And is going to have a question and then I'm going to have one final question for you. All right, so yeah, speak okay. on the consulting because we cannot let this time go by and you've <laughs> address the great work that you're doing in the community. You're
3: giving back, Thank even though you're you. so busy. Lordy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I'll touch real quickly on consulting. Um, Kind of like what I mentioned when, we're trying to get bark sparks off the ground. Um, there wasn't like a hub of information um, that I wasn't able to easily access from anybody. Um, it, it was just kind of like do your own research and figure it out. Um, we want to kind of offer training and support to similar concepts around the country, whether they're getting off the ground or already operating. Um, we help with business planning, financial or revenue modeling. Um, we've helped with real estate selection, facility layouts, branding and marketing, hiring and operating all of those services can be custom tailored to uh, their specific needs. Um, we don't believe in a one size fits all approach, and so we kind of let um, all of our consulting calls. We kind of let them start off with a um, introduction to, you know, get an idea of what of what these uh, few uh, entrepreneurs are looking for and where they're at in their process, and then they actually provide us. The most of the time with what questions they want answered. Um, So, kind of helps steer the direction. Um, My background is in marketing. Um, I also absolutely loved building out the layout of our facility um, and uh, uh, hiring and operating and stuff like that. My husband's specialty has always been in IT. So, when it comes to audio, visual, software, hardware, whatever, he is the go to. Um, He's also been phenomenal in helping out. Um, you know, with the real estate selection. So we kind of make a good team with our consulting services. Um, A lot of the uh, new businesses that approach us, they are in their pre-launch phase. So I love learning about where they're at and what they want to know. I love sharing what I've learned along the way and help them avoid some of those mistakes. Um, And I love just fostering those relationships. So as far as consulting goes, I'm here for it in any capacity. Um, there are wonderful people that we've met around um, the country. Some have come to actually shadow me and watch what I do all day and ask those questions in person. A lot of them are just, you know, consulting calls, about an hour ish long. So yeah, so the uh, business consulting services is an exciting part of Barks Parks that I think we launched after again about being two years open. The first two years was a lot of trial and error and figure out how to operate at at the best of of our abilities. And then I kind of feel like we're like, huh, I bet there's a lot of people who could benefit from some of this. So, yes, it is uh, actually taken off very well. Thank you for paying it forward because it it
1: matters so much for entrepreneurs, uh, really, which is the whole purpose why we're here talking on this podcast.
2: And and I just want to say, in parting, that the same joy that you feel when you look at a beautiful flower and the same joy and love that you feel when you look into the eyes of a dog and the same joy that that dog feel when it's connected to you is all a part of our purpose while we're here. The the same joy that you feel when you help your brother man. Mm -hmm. We are all connected on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. We're all connected from a source of love and joy. And listening to your testimony, Mm And seeing the joy that emanate from you, even as I sit here in Arizona and you in Las Vegas, we're connected. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to be that light. Continue to be the light and live your life in a way that is on purpose. And you're in line with that. You found what you're doing, you love what you're doing, and you're doing it in a way where you're making a difference for humanity. So thank you and continue to be that light. Because you makes the world a better place.
3: Thank you. I truly appreciate that. So, Jen,
1: how can our listeners get in touch with you? What is the best way for them to reach you? And part two, we're going to have to have another show. This will be before July, not before Labor Day or whatever. That type <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, and that is where you came up
1: with Berks Park <laughs> and the brightness that, that you, you have. For... So to be continued. OK, go ahead. How can I <laughs> get in touch with you?
3: Yeah, of course. I'm always um, down to uh chat as long as it's not uh within the summer months <laughs> in the desert. It is absolutely crazy. Um, whenever it's super hot, those pet parents who love their dogs to pieces never want them outside. So it gets a little chaotic at Barks Parks. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to have around too. Um, in regards to getting a hold of me, um, definitely check out our website, barksparks.com. That's B A R X. And then you can actually email me directly. Email is always the best way to get a hold of me. I work super early in the mornings. You can reach me at Jen, J-E-N, at barksparks.com as well. Um, Especially if you're interested in any consulting um, services, uh, easily able to connect with me on email.
1: Awesome. Fantastic. You've been listening to More Details Please on Business Radio X. The podcast is brought to you by Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company that saves the planet one franchise at a time. Until next time, I'm Angela.
2: And Emmanuel Williams. And
1: thank you so much, Jen.
3: You're very welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to More Details, Please. Presented by Emmanuel and Angela Williams from Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company dedicated to protecting the planet. Be sure to subscribe to more details please on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Facebook at Detail Experts and visit DetailExperts.net. That's dot net. We hope you've gained some valuable insights from our conversations today. Stay driven by curiosity and we'll bring you more details next time.